How can we make the world better? By making ourselves better. The Dr. Joe Show explores how you can make positive personal change by using his groundbreaking and highly effective I Am approach to understand who we are and why we do what we do. Your small changes can have big effects. Join us now for the Dr. Joe Show with Mark Stiles of Stiles Law and your host, Dr. Joe Schrand. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dr. Joe Show. Good grief. I thought you said there were no commercials. <laughs> that was great. That was great. And that voice that you heard was not only Mark Stiles, but the Christopher Sarson calling all the way in from New Zealand. Mm. Lovely to have you here. We have a bunch of guests. And I just want to be sure everybody knows Tom is here. My other co-host. Hello, Tom. Hello, hello, Dr. Joe. And it's going to be confusing tonight because we have another Tom. The Tommy from Zoom season one. Hello, Tommy. Hello, Joseph. I'll be Tommy. All right. That's so <laughs> nice of you. Undo. And we have Nancy. Also from Hello. season one from Zoom, Nancy. And, and that is Donna from Zoom. Which season is that, Donna? I don't know. I was the last Sars of the Sarsen 21. I think I was the fifth cast, Chris. What do you say? No, you weren't. You put the first play on our show in the very first show. And as soon as we uh, heard that it was by Donna Moore, we said, more, more, more. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Oh, thank you. Oh, it's going to be one of those shows. Wow. Chris, Chris is in the one. house. A funny one. Isn't it wonderful how Zoom has taken on a whole new meaning in our age of corona? Time yeah. Nutty. Right. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the way I wanted to start, well, hold on. I'm just getting a phone call from Kenny. Tommy, will you take over for a moment? How fun is this that we're bringing Zoom 1972 to 1975 to Zoom 2020 right yeah, here? It's a little insulting that they haven't reached out for a sponsorship deal. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a fun combination and all that's happened in between these years, but not a lot at the same time, right? Tom, Tom, yeah. can I ask you a question? And also, can I, think, can I ask the other Zoomers a question? Have you Joe. ever been in a situation and heard Joe on mute? Never. Uh, no. I, never. Chris, can you talk about the origins of Zoom, how the idea came about? Because I know you've told us before, but it's worth talking about because I want to lay the foundation for what really created 50 years of friendship among the folks that are right here. Well, it's an exceptionally difficult question to answer because my objective, as I have told you before, is that I had two kids of uh, Zoom age and the fact that they would stand in a room, that they were going to go into a room full of kids. And yes, they'd like to be the friend of these kids but they didn't want to be laughed at they want to be taken seriously and that kind of thing and um, that was really what intrigued me to kind of mm. say well how can we make it easier for oh. them to get to know uh, the people in the room and empathy um, empathy in my book is a quality that can't be taught 
yeah. but it can yeah. be caught. Right. And if you create an atmosphere in which empathy happens, other kids will pick it up, other people will pick sure. it up. I mean, it's just the way life works. And so the idea of getting a group of kids together, at first it wasn't a question of difference. It was just a question of just, I mean, yes, different kids, but not different races, different ethnic groups and right. all the rest of it, um, was, was the idea behind the show. And then when we began putting... There we go. Okay. Together. We can hear you now. Uh, and we, <laughs> yeah, I'm boys. here. I'm here now. Yeah. I'm so here to now. all of our listeners and WATD audience and Facebook Live folks, thank you very much. Mark, you don't feel like doing it again, do you? What? Well, go ahead. You want me to? Why not? We're, we're starting over. All right. <clears throat> now I'll no, clear my No, we don't throat. have to start over. We <clears throat> can start where oh. you were and then I'll jump in. Hey, Ladies and, and gentlemen, uh, welcome to the Dr. Joe Show. <laughs> hey, we're all here. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. All right, let me kick we you are. off so you can rejoin. Yeah, thank you so much, Tom. Um, so uh, we were talking about the, the origins. We were talking about empathy. And we were all very, very eager to get Kenny in here. And here he is. Hello, Kenny. Hey. Hi, Joe. Hey, Hi, Donna. Kenny. Hi, Joe. Hey, Chris. How you Hi, doing? Kenny. Hey, Tom. <laughs> Hi, Tommy, and I don't know. Let me tell me about Thomas and Mark. But right, so those are our co-hosts, Tom and Mark. And tonight we are we are very grateful to have Christopher calling all the way in from New Zealand as right. So let's just go over this. So where is everyone, Christopher? You're in New Zealand on a little island, right? Called Waikiki Island, which is a suburb of Auckland, and a quarter to one, quarter to the hour. Coming up, I'm going to uh, kill the audio video so that I can get in the car and go down to the ferry and go to uh, Auckland for an eye appointment. Yeah. And can you just tell folks what time it is there? Did you say? It's, it's cold. It's, oh, no, 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 no. What time, what time is it? That is the time. What, is day, the time. what day is it? What day? What day? What day? Oh, Dr. Joe, he's saying that time is frozen. It's that cold. <laughs> Joe, can you speak up, please? Um, it is Friday. It is midday. It is cold. It is winter. It cold. is very the shortest day of the year. It's winter. There's a stiff breeze blowing. Uh, the palm trees are absolutely wonderful. And uh, they're outside uh, our door. You said palm trees. Is that what you said, Chris? P P A L M palm. Yes, palm yeah. trees. But, really? But it's, but it's winter. But it's that's Friday. What, but it's Friday. It's palm trees on a Friday. It's Friday. Is that so? For me, this is this is one of the most mind blowing things about our <laughs> world, right? That for me, it's Thursday night. Wow. Exactly. It's winter. He said it's winter. You heard him. Friday. Early afternoon. It's that's I mean, absolutely right. And yet here we are together. And I think that this is symbolic of what we're trying to accomplish. Uh, one world, we may be a day apart or thousands of miles apart, but here we are all together, still 
after 50 years, Kenny will only admit to 40. Hey, 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 you, uh, no, I'm all 40. That's all I'm, I'm claiming. That's all I'm claiming. So Kenny, Kenny, we've known each other. We've known each other longer than Zoom. So what, what huh? do you say? We, we've known each other 40 plus? 40 plus. 40 well, plus years. You know, hey, hey, I, again. That that's it. That's all I'm claiming. That's all you're yeah. claiming. Okay. Don't say what you want to say, but yeah, that's I'm 39. <laughs> 39, right? <laughs> and, and Nancy, where are you calling in from? I'm calling from. I uh, live about 10 miles north of Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia. Kenny. Yes, sir. I am in Hampton, Virginia. Hampton, Virginia. Donna. Mm -hmm. I'm currently in Marshfield, Massachusetts. Right. And Tom, what about you? West Froxbury, sir. All right. So, <laughs> 02132. 02132. Close. <laughs> Close. Close. So, the reason I wanted to chat with all of you tonight is because, again, I am so grateful to have friends for really half a century. I mean, just think about that. Oh, that sounds half so old. <laughs> a century. And what was amazing is that. As we were growing up as kids, it really didn't matter. I mean, what mm -mm. what heritage we were, and I, and I refer to Kenny because Kenny Kenny yeah, told I, me that yeah. the word heritage. Nope, nope. You want to just talk and about that for a minute? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, easy. I'm not a color. You're not a color. You are a heritage. You are Caucasian. You are Asian. You are whatever you are. And if Bernadette was here. You know, there's a whole thing. Okay, so we grew up in a time when we were together, you know, back then that, yeah, sure, that's how we address people by color. You know, I'm not black. I'm actually more brown. So if you want to call me brown or whatever and, and, you know, you go from there. But my heritage, and I learned that from my uncle, and we've talked about this, um, is I'm African-American. My great, 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 whatever it is, grandfather was pulled out of Africa, okay, and brought here. And in discussions with Joe, um, you know, we also was like saying, we're all, we're not from here, okay? The only ones that are really from here are Native Americans, right? Okay? So they were here, okay? Mm -hmm. Everybody else came in, came in from Europe. And then, like I discussed with Joe earlier today, I was like, okay, you know what, guess what? You are also African-American because you was born mm -hmm. in South Africa. It's true. Okay, mm -hmm. and you're Caucasian. And that just, that just dawned on me the other, you know, the other day uh, to go, wait a minute, he's African-American too. <laughs> Jeez, okay, exactly. so, so. We're not colors. We are a heritage of people that came from whatever it is. You have to learn your own heritage. I got mine from lineage. my, uh, you know, I got mine from my my uncle, and um, and he just he's uh, 80, 84. He just rattled it off, um, you know, from me and my brother and how that person was brought over from Africa and into uh where you're at nancy matter of fact he mm. was brought into atlanta and then um the plantation owner my actual last name 
comes from the plantation owner because they didn't they they've you know whatever messed up his name whatever it was okay so i really my last name comes from a plantation owner in georgia atlanta (laughs) and there's like i told you there's a street okay there's a street gilstrap gilstrap lane that's there that was named after him and then he ended up losing his land there and then moved to texas which is where my father's side family is where they grew up and then spread out most of them went to california there's some that's still in texas um but you know so um and and you know with us we 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 know that there was never any any kind of um racial issues that we had with each other back in you know back in the day back in the 70s and um and yet it was all if, if anything it was you know there was personality you know with a couple here or there or whatever but there was no. never any you know, because <laughs> all right so so with that said this is racism is taught sure it's not it is not you know kids they don't care they'll play with anybody right okay as long as racism is taught because that's what you were taught at a mm-hmm. certain point in your life and you know that then okay so then that's where you you don't even know why you hate somebody what you know you don't even know you know it's, when it's, you're a little kid no exactly. yeah from a kid in no a sense. Uh-uh. kids don't hate kids don't hate and, and I uh, kids get, don't hate they they learn it but to they get learn it at some point because somebody taught them to do that absolutely okay and, and of- now and that flips it back to um where we were of course um it was it's about color people are like color you're black you're white you're whatever that is back in the day but no we're a heritage you're a heritage everybody that is right here right now you're a heritage somehow and your heritage goes back so we need to stop using that term black white yellow whatever 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 you want to do so so hold on i'm going to just stop you for a sec kenny because i I want to go go back to to the 70s because (laughs) even though you know and i'm not saying i really want to go back to the 70s yeah no i'd like to go back to the 70s too it's okay um there was you know there there was this tension back then as well and yet not among the zoom kid and we just talked about christopher what what did you create there that allowed all of us just to to respect, value, and trust each other? I think it was the personalities of the kids that we were looking looking for. We weren't looking for black, white, green, Caucasian. You know, we weren't looking for those kind of things. We were looking for exactly the qualities that you just described: tolerance, sure. um, acceptance, curiosity. If you've got the empathy, if you've got those qualities, you're okay. You can be in a mixed society and get on with the people you're with. Chris, can I ask you a question? Was there sure. a, I mean, in, in all honesty, was there a demographic push? Or, I mean, oh, a, a, 
you you understand what I'm saying because I know I know what you're saying. You picked the seven of us were chosen for something that you and the the other producers that you saw something in each one of us and said, "Ooh, we want this, 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 and this." But as right. the show progressed, with their demographic responsibilities that were like. I don't want to sound too heady, but were they mandated by GBH? You have to have this. So you have to have an Asian. You have to have a Hispanic. You have to have a, a minor ethnic minorities. I'll put it that way. Was that ever a mandate, or was that just something that once again that just sort of happened? Like you picked the seven of us. Was that something that stayed consistent throughout your tenure at, at GBH? Twenty-one of you. Exactly. It was never, it was never mandated. It was okay. commented. Yeah. It was commented right. on, but it wasn't mandated. And okay. if it had been, if it had been, I'd have, I'd have been really upset. <laughs> you would have left. Okay. Early. All you right. Left All right. <laughs> no, no. So let me ask this question then. So why? I, and I always, I've always had this question. Why me, Nancy, and Tracy? Why did we move on to the second <laughs> season? Oh, no, no. Can we, I answer that? Can I answer that? that? You can all answer that. Huh? Because you were old, Joe? Is that, is that yeah. why? No, they, they Isn't that right? Am I missing? Oh, we aged out. No, no. It's just curious. I, I just, yeah. you know, it's, it's a question I had because three of us yeah. moved on to the second season. That's right. And four didn't. So I, I yeah. don't. What was the, what was that about? The, uh, the idea was that none of you would become stars. None of you would know television so that you became stars. Yeah. How wrong an assumption that was on my part because it took you about five microseconds to figure out where the cameras were and how to look and what to do and all that. That was an incredible misjudgment on my part. But from the very start, we were going to have uh, half the cast leave at the end of uh, uh, seven shows and mm -hmm. then the other three leave at the end of the following seven. And, and don't get me wrong, I appreciate it. I just didn't know what, you know, what thought pattern went into. What was know, the criteria? It was an aged out. You know it was I mean? an aged out thing. Yeah, yeah. Did, didn't the four of you guys turn? I think you all went from 13 to 14. Yeah. And well, the age cutoff was 13. <laughs> I, Chris definitely pointed me out and said, you got, you, you're too old, you got to go. You're too old, you got to go. <laughs> it was 14. I knew that I knew I was the first to go. Right. Can, can <laughs> show, I, I hope yeah. you don't mind that, that, that it was about age and that it doesn't now, you know, sort of bruise your ego that you were well, one. Of, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, Joe, we're, you're we're old. So we already we already know that you're old. So because you keep saying 50 years, I'm saying 40. That's it. That, that's uh, that's as far as I'm going. Go ahead, Christopher. Joe was the first to go because his facial hair got so huge that we had to smoke. <laughs> no it's true. And of that, I was proud. Um, but, but Nancy, you were eight years old, right? You, yes. Uh, when, you, when you first started Zoom, turned nine on the show. What yep. was the experience like for you? Like, you know, I, I've, I think about it quite a lot. Um, I came from the Elma Lewis School of Fine Arts and Billy Wilson and he brought Kenny and I and a, a slew of others. And I say that mm -hmm. to say that it was always, we were always performing. We were always involved mm -hmm. in something, either mm -hmm. a, a, a play or a, or a dance recitals or things Sewing. of that nature. Oh, yeah. So mm -hmm. it, it yeah. was always 
Zoom was great. It got me out of the neighborhood. I got to meet you wonderful people. But it was something that I was conditioned as far as I was doing it anyway. My after school program was the Elmo School of Fine Arts. So the performing arts was always, it was something I did every day. Um, but what do you mean it got you out of the neighborhood? What, what does that mean? Got me, it got me out of the, actually, the Elmaloo School of Fine Arts. I got to go to Channel 2. I got to uh, hop into a cab. My mom's friend, my mom had a restaurant at the time and uh, had a, a friend of hers that was a cab driver who would pick me up and drive me to Channel 2. And I remember driving down Harvard Street, you know, Harvard Street in Brookline, for the first time. And Bill, who was the cab driver, pulling me over and we're going into a bakery. And the first time I ever had a fresh pumpernickel bagel, first time I ever experienced locks. Do you know what I mean? Those mm. because of the neighborhoods that we Yogurt. drove to. So yeah. what, what neighborhood did you live in? Essence helped open my mind out to what was on the other side of Franklin Park. Uh, the other side of Franklin Park. So, side of Franklin so Park. We, have, we have a national, international audience. So sure. can you tell them about Franklin Park? What kind of neighborhood was Franklin Park back in the 70s? Franklin Park, um, first and foremost, if I go further back, it's part of um, Frederick Law Olmsted's uh, Emerald Necklace. Uh, Franklin Park is in the minority community um, of Boston. Uh, Roxbury, Dorchester, a huge park. I think it's actually the end of the Emerald Necklace that begins in um, the Boston Common and winds its way through. So right. when I say it got me across Zoom and the experience of Zoom took me to the other side of Franklin Park. On the other side of Franklin Park uh, was Lars Anderson, the Arnold Arboretum, beautiful houses in Brookline. You got to actually see what life was like on the other side of the park. Um, and like I was saying, just the road to Channel 2, um, that in itself, just being able to get out of the neighborhood, to go to WGBH, to drive down Harvard Street, and then just to hang out with a bunch of other kids. See, I didn't think, I don't know if you all did, and I, I don't believe you ever did, um, thought about color. You guys were just new playmates and it was That's something right. fun to do. It was all something different. So I get to meet Joe who speaks with a funny accent. And I got uh, to meet Nina who played a guitar. Okay. I got to hang out with Tracy who was my age who I never knew where Newton was. Do you know what I mean? Tommy, and I knew Tom, puppy. got to know Tommy who actually grew up not too far from us, but a different color side of Dorchester. Mm. You know, Morrissey Boulevard, which is, which was, uh, Codman Square was sort of like, you know, Tommy, it was sort of like yeah. the dividing line between right. black and white. Tommy right. lived on the other side of Codman right. Square. My dad so, is from Codman Square. Oh, really? Actually, yeah. so were the Kennedys, but we won't get in on huh. all of that. But <laughs> so being a part of Zoom, not only did I get to meet you wonderful people, but it opened up my eyes to, once again, the other side of the park, what it was like to where's Brookline? I never heard of Brookline. I never heard of Newton. I never heard of Brighton. And the opportunity that we were given or I was given was, it was you, it's incalculable. I can't, um, I don't know. Yeah. It was an open. Okay. I so, yeah. yeah. So Nance, yeah, my, yeah. my experience was a little bit different because um, me and Nance, we went to the same Amelou School of Fine Arts and Leon. We we uh and yeah. it's so weird that we all you know, Chris, you chose 
you know, us uh, uh, to be on the show because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, <laughs> Lee, I, I went know, through. I don't know how many times, but anyway, yeah. I like to rub that in with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, but I went through a program. It was, it was Metco. Okay, ah. so I would, I would get bussed out from third through sixth grade. Mm. I would get bussed out from Boston to Lexington, which was wow. a uh, yeah, yeah. That's where, I, that's where I went third through sixth grade to which was a suburb okay of the city but it was a program that said okay we want to to take these inner city kids and bust them out to a suburb which was you know predominantly caucasian okay and i stayed with i had a host family and when i went out there i stayed with that host family that that was caucasian okay Okay, so in the beginning, in the beginning, of course, there was a little, you know, there was little issues and this and that. But um, after we, uh, you know, after it settled down and everything, it was like, okay, all right, here he is. But that's what I did third through sixth grade. Well, then one second, Kenny. Kenny, one second. Donna has a question. Yeah, uh, Kenny, what did you think of the Metco program? I'm, (laughs) I'm really interested. My mom was actually president of the Metco program in Newton, Mass. And uh, oh, wow. okay. so I was on the other side of that mm-hmm. and I had a, a Metco, mm-hmm. we call her sister, name is Katona sure. Wiley, who I'd love to see again. And uh, But I never, unfortunately, never we never kept in touch after, but I've never actually put myself, I'd love to know what it felt like for her. I mean, we felt, we hoped that we made it feel uh, comfortable yeah, it, and loving and hanging out because it was. Um, but I'm yeah. interested in what your experience was as a child having to. Yeah, no, like, no, and that was actually be before. Busted? I just want to clarify. So, so you would actually sleep over at these yes, people's Wednesday. house? Yeah, they had host families. They were called. Yeah, host, host families. families yeah, that's what they were called. And this was an attempt, I suppose, by the government or whatever yes. to to integrate. Yes. I was, yeah, Metco. right. I was like well, too young yeah. to kind of understand all that, but yeah, that's what it was. And Metco no, was started uh, by Gene McGuire in Boston, and it was because of the um, educational disparities, inner city versus suburban schools. So the only way the Metco program started by taking minority children and putting them in suburban schools to get better educations because Boston Public Schools have had, this is prior to busing. This was prior to, you know, the the whole blow up of the system and moving everybody around. I believe uh, Metco started in the late sixties with by Jean McGuire. And she's uh, like I said, I was Boston. third, I was third through sixth grade. Uh, no, all right, yeah, third through sixth grade. That's what I went through. Yeah. So, so that would be, yeah, it, yeah, in later sixties, kind of, because I went, I ended up getting down to uh, Falmouth in, um, I was twelve, I think. So, so this is even before Zoom. Okay, so this is what I went through before Zoom um, at that time, and. Um, Donna, to answer your question, uh, the family that I, yep, host family, that's that's the name, that's what it was. The family I stayed with had, uh, uh, they had two boys, and then it was me, and then, um, but they were, I, you know, everybody, once 
all right, so the initial, you know, portion of it was like, hmm, okay, here are these, here are these people, here are these people coming in. But after that, it was like, hmm, you know, yeah, this is okay. Everything was, you know, it worked out. You know what I mean? It worked out. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, to, to finalize your question is like, that was, that was the greatest thing because it also opened me up to mm-hmm. different, you know, different ways of living and all that. And yeah, I stayed, I stayed at, and I liked them, the, 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 mother, the father, <laughs> the brothers, they were all, you know, it, it was, it was really good because it was like, I was like, hmm. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. You guys are too nice. <laughs> you know? ah. yeah. That's what I was like. I was like, wait a minute. You guys are too nice. I, I there's, there's got to be something wrong with this. But no, uh, 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 it worked. Yeah. Yeah, it worked. And Donna, what about you? What What was your experience like with Zoom? Because you wrote the play, and then tell us. Oh your yeah. Well, for me, it was uh, when I was nine years old. I wrote the play that made it on the pilot of the series and um and then the show was wonderful everyone it was every sunday night and, uh we would watch and just it was, it was it was an explosion it was just so it was like nothing else that i'd ever seen and um it just had so much goodwill attached to it and you know like whenever i look at anyone and like i mean it didn't matter what color they were or whether they were a boy or a girl I still I just I was in I was them I loved it and um, <laughs> and then it just got to be this thing in Newton at the time of um, of, of this that everyone I, I, I say everyone and their sister was auditioning I mean that's just what you did you auditioned for wow. Zoom. like everyone would go so when I was <laughs> I think uh, 10 I just went because everyone else was. So, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, it was an interesting experience um, being lined up in a warehouse. There, I, it felt like there were a hundred people uh, wow. lined up. Like, uh, but it was probably only fifty kids, or maybe even twenty-five. I don't know. Christopher would know better. But I just remember being lined up on a wall, and. And they say, okay, kids, sing the Zoom song. And everyone's looking around really sheepish. And they're, you know, like, uh, you know, like, like, what, what the heck? Ah." And they'd be like, you know, uh, come on and Zoom. Zoom." Just really strange. So before I knew it, I went, ya-da-da-da-da-da, ha, like that. (laughs) And uh, that got me a call back. I'm sure that was all our nicknames uh, in high school. So, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah whatever. Hey, uh, Tommy, yeah. uh, Joe mentioned something about uh, a situation that we had back in the day that I don't remember. Uh, so remember, cab? yeah. So remember, you and me and Nancy, we'd all take a cab home because we were heading yep. to that part of town, right? Yep. And um. I don't remember that. I, so but, first stop was Seaver Street, and that's where you'd get off, Kenny. Right? I remember that. No. Was it yes, Georgia? Great memories. Georgia? Oh I lived on Georgia Street in Grove Hall. Kenny, you lived, didn't you live up Blue Hill Ave? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, at the time, yeah. 
was it was it blocked out or was it kind of part of the norm back then like is that something that you experienced more than once in your childhood i'm sorry say that say that again mark so so you you said that you don't remember that incident in the cab is, mm-hmm. it, is it truly because you blocked it out or was there a number of instances that happened like that that it was maybe just one of many that many. okay i i i can tell you that no there wasn't like a number of instances Good. that i'm not even sure why i don't remember that you know what i mean i i don't even nope i don't i can't even uh, so has it remained that way that there has been no instances where somebody basically said you're black and you're different and you're not my friend because of that just because of that no name you see yes. Right. And, and, and that's part of what I wanted to look at, because what Nancy just said was so critical. We all had names. Right. We're not anonymous. And, and being anonymous allows you to be indifferent and allows yeah. you to then say that that person is not necessarily a real person. Right. We, 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 we dehumanize. Sure. And the only way that we can hurt each other is if we've dehumanized. That's a really important part because we do have I, that. I would, Go ahead, well, While you were saying that, I was, I was remembering a time I was um, on location because, you know, I went back to GBH after I did college and was working in production. And I was working on this uh, series. It was a co-production. Remember Cablevision? When cable first hit yep. Boston, right. well, GBA, long story short, we were doing a documentary on the section of, Tommy, you may know, Codman Square down near Wells Avenue, mm-hmm. um, Wells Avenue, Dorchester Avenue. Well, that neighborhood was in transition. They had a lot of immigrants moving in, and then you had the, a lot of the old staunch Irish that were there. Perfect example, we were filming a basketball game, and there were some rowdy kids, and it was a group of white guys that were being you know, drinking beer and being boisterous, trying to be disruptive because, well, that, that was the whole point of the documentary. Well, my job as a production assistant, I was told to go over and try to keep them quiet while we were filming or find out what was going on. And this white guy looked at me and he said, and I'm not going to use the terminology, he says, but you're one of the good ones. Oh. And I looked at him and I said, what do you mean? And well, he used the N word. You're one of the good N words. And my producer could see me stiffen up. So she grabbed me by the back of my pants and said, you know, don't say anything. He's not worth it. But I said, no, I said, I want you to clarify that. What do you mean one of the good ones? And he says, well, you're out here, you're doing a job and you treat us okay. So you're one of the good ones. We're not going to bother you. But those guys over there, we don't want them in our neighborhood. And I was I was not invisible, but I was almost invisible, or I almost was. You know what I mean? I was one of the good ones, and yeah. that's that connotation has always stuck with me because I'm like, first of all, it, it was just a bizarre statement, but it's hard to navigate through life being a minority and not develop a thick skin. You're following me because you constantly bombarded. Well, not daily, but as a rule, you walk around with your back up because you don't know what you're going to be confronted with at any given moment. You pray that it's a wonderful day. 
and you pray that everybody's fine but you know sometimes it doesn't work out that way and um let me let me add this little piece since you know it's it's real okay um i am more scared to get pulled over by the police okay sure. than any of you out there right now it doesn't matter yet woman man caucasian whatever you are i am seriously scared when i get pulled over if i'm doing whatever i'm doing something i'm speeding i'm doing or whatever because i gotta worry about um are you gonna make it home <laughs> if i'm gonna make it home or not if i'm gonna yeah. still be alive if i'm gonna whatever it is and that's obviously you know you guys it's on tv it's on tv right now and it's been happening but i have to worry about that and i shouldn't have to worry about that in you know 2020 this day and age because i'm not really gonna do anything yeah. you know maybe yeah maybe i go a little bit over the speed limit and all this kind of stuff but <laughs> if them lights come on you know behind me i'm i'm more worried about than you know yeah. than all of you i mean i've seen I might not make it out. I might not make it out. Like I've seen them get pulled over. Uh, there was this one guy who, thank God, he had his uh, video camera on. He was pulled over for driving five miles per hour below the speed limit. So he wanted to know, well, what's well, what's going on? What's what, what what's the deal here? Uh, I'm just tracking. I'm just tracking, sir. Come on. Well, yeah. you know, Kenny, when you you mentioned that when we were talking uh, a month ago when we all were mm -hmm. at this point, when we were first like, you know, sort of a call to action of the Zoomers, what can we do? How can we help? And yeah. When yeah. you first said that, it, and you know, talk about empathy, but it was like the first time in my life that I actually, I saw it through your eyes. Cause I have not, I've never just seen that. And, and uh, it has stayed with me and I just, you know, for whatever, it's worth i just one i'm so sorry that you have to deal with that but and it's it's a it's just one of the it's like i just want you to know for whatever it is it's just that i i feel i i, I wish there was some way to change like that's the thing like what you know we're supposed to i mean what yeah Except yeah. for understanding and loving and, and being there. I just, that's I just all you can say do. That I see you and I'm sorry. I, I that's, just wish, that's all you can do. I so just look, wish it wasn't that way. And I'm, but, but it, it is. And, and that's that's what we're what we're talking about. But I just want to point out that for a few weeks, uh, the protests were headliners. And now mm -hmm. we've gone back to coronavirus. Mm -hmm. Right, mm -hmm. the coronavirus has come back too. as sort of the headline story, and this has mm -hmm. shifted down. We must not let that happen, because this not. has to stay in people's consciousness. It will. I just want to yeah. point out yeah. that the yeah. fear that Kenny is talking about as a white um, I don't agree. Yeah. Real quick, I don't Joe. Real however, quick. However, real quick. Real quick. What, 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 we second. are. We are. Kenny, Kenny one sec. One sec. years ago. Sixty one years second. ago, we're back there. I know. Well, no, we never left. We never but left. I want right. to point out that there are millions of people experiencing fear right now because of coronavirus. Mm -hmm. You don't know if you're going to get pulled over 
by coronavirus. I want you guys to think about that because that is a tiny, tiny part of the fear that my friend Kenny has been feeling for it, No, that's a big part, Joe. That's a big part. But it that's is there too. It's just we have them all going on at the same time. Yeah. So we are going to continue this discussion. Small changes can have big effects. I'm just going to ask Kenny, what small change can we make right now in our society that could have a big effect? <laughs> vote. We need people to vote. Oh, vote. Yeah. And, vote. And voting. And that's not a small change. That's actually kind of a big change. Voting. Yes. We, yes, need, we need to vote. Um, and that's the biggest thing about um, the protests and everything. Everybody's out there. It's not just us and my people and my heritage. It's everybody is out there that is like that's upset right. and done with everything that's that's happened in the last four years. And we're going to continue this. Small okay. changes can have big effects, folks. That's the second rule of the I am. Small changes can have big effects. Your vote could be a small change. We need to vote. We need to vote. And everybody, vote. Yep. folks, vote. We're, we're going to continue this discussion on Facebook Live, WATD. Thank you for being the forum for us tonight. You guys stay where you are. Okay. We'll be right back. Oh, my heart that's red and sometimes blue. Love has a